I just feel like if you train hard, whatever you do, if you train hard with intensity, you're gonna get some hypertrophy to the muscle. You're gonna grow that muscle. You're gonna get a good workout. I think what we should try to do is we try to use the science and use our heads. Try to use our gut intuition. A lot of times what what people are studying in exercise science, they're like, oh yeah, the bodybuilders were right. I don't really buy into the whole optimal training thing. I think like you said, it, there's a whole bunch of different factors mm -hmm. that play into like what is optimal for that day. They heard that the squat is king and they heard that full range of motion squats is where it's at. Every time they squat, all they do is they feel it in their back and they feel it in their knees, but they're trying to grow their legs. What should they do? You're using your hips a lot when you squat. That's why your quads are small. Deadlifts, your glutes are getting big and you're not really activating your hamstrings or your back. There's a lot of science, like a lot of information talking about, you know, full range of motion and X amount of sets, X amount of reps, and you hear these like optimal ranges and it kind of seems like if you're not in those optimal ranges that you're not going to get big, but maybe there's some other things uh, to that. Like maybe there's more to it than just what the studies say. Yeah. All the, uh, yeah, the full ROM, all that stuff, all the IRI sets, whatever, the reps and reserve, all that stuff I think has its place. If you've like, you know, maxed out training and haven't, can't create a stimulus from the basics, but I just feel like if you train hard, whatever you do, if you train hard with intensity, you're gonna get some hypertrophy to the muscle. You're gonna grow that muscle. And you're gonna get a good workout. All the you know, angles and all that stuff is great. And you could implement some of that stuff because we still do some full, full ROM stuff and different technique, whatever. But I just think it comes down to training intensity. None of it really matters to me if you're not training hard. So, yeah. I think something that's important to keep in mind is like, okay, there's a lot of people out there doing scientific research. There's Mike Rizzotel. And there's a bunch of other people that are kind of like leading the surge of, you know, studying the sets and reps. And this is the set and rep range you should be in. This is how long a set should take for yeah. muscle hypertrophy. This is how long a set should take for strength gains. But what I would say to some of that is like, it's so diverse because what did you train yesterday? What was your sleep like the day before? How did you start your workout? So let's, for yeah. example, let's <clears throat> say that you and I agree that if you do three sets of 10, full range of motion, bench press with a minute rest in between, uh, that if you, if you work within you know, an optimal range of your percentage of your one rep max for sets of 10 uh, on a bench press, that you can get some good hypertrophy through your chest, through your shoulders, through your triceps. But what if we take that same exact person and they did eight sets of cable crossovers beforehand? You know, or if they, uh, they did kind of like a winning warm-up type of thing where oh, yeah. they went and they did four sets of 25 of dumbbell flat bench. Now they can still get great results from that second exercise, but the rep range and the amount of weight that they're gonna use, uh, percentage of their one rep max is gonna change because they did something beforehand. So yeah. what yeah. I kind of get frustrated with, and, and I shouldn't even get frustrated with it because I think it's good to have science. It's good to have people researching these things. I think what we should try to do is we try to use the science and use our heads. You know, we should try to use our gut intuition. A lot of times what, what people are studying in exercise science, they're like, oh yeah, the bodybuilders were right. Yeah. The meatheads were right. Oh my God, look at what you can get when you do a drop set. So 
while someone may say that sets of 10 or sets of 12 with a given tempo is great for hypertrophy, what I think they also might miss is that if we do a set of 50 on leg press, which sometimes we do, we're not even thinking about it, but we might do a drop set yeah. or change the angle each time because we have those special machines here. Might do 15 reps of each one. And if we do 15 reps of each one, that's like 45 reps. Yeah, yeah. And then how can you tell someone that they're not going to grow from that when it does seem like it pushed you, you know, pretty, pretty hard. It seemed like the intensity was pretty, pretty intense at the time you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I don't really buy into the whole optimal training thing. I think like you said, it depends. There's a whole bunch of different factors mm. that play into like what is optimal for that day. I don't think there's an optimal program because like you said, what if you're not hydrated, you haven't ate enough? Everything counts, like when going into training, everything counts. So I don't buy into the optimal range of motion, optimal rep range, optimal tempo. Obviously there's studies on paper that say if you use a slower eccentric, you're gonna recruit more muscle fibers, whatever. It doesn't always feel right though. No, for some exercises, I don't want to use an eccentric. I just want to do the. I just want to go through the, the exercise, and I feel an amazing pump. And sometimes, like for certain squat exercises, an eccentric, I just feel all of my kneecaps, and I'm not. I don't feel like I'm activating my quads as much as if I just flew, just went through it fluently. So, somebody, somebody listening right now is they heard that the squat is king, and they heard that full range of motion squats is where it's at. But every time they squat, all they do is they feel it in their back and they feel it in their knees. Yeah. But they're trying to grow their legs. What should they do? Okay. I would say just don't do it. Or, or if you really like squats or if you're powerlifting, it might be a technique thing. You might have to tweak your – maybe you're just not doing the exercise, like, with your body mechanics. Maybe it, you're just not doing it the way you should be and – maybe you're leaning over too much you never know you could do like a form critique your form first then see evaluate okay does this still bother me and then if it hurts just cross it off I don't do anything that hurts if squats hurt my knees or I feel I get a lower back pump every time I do it I'm not gonna I'm gonna use a hack squat I'm gonna go to a, a leg press what makes people hold on to those exercises you think is it ego is it, yeah ego I, I do that too. I did that all the way until this last year. This whole last year, I really haven't done too much heavy deadlifts, squats, bench, and that's what I love to do. But my coach humbled me and he was like, you're not really getting much out of those. You're using your hips a lot when you squat. That's why your quads are small. Deadlifts, your glutes are getting big and you're not really activating your hamstrings or your back. Like you're getting like, just the, the risk to reward just wasn't mm. there. So my ego, was keeping me attached. I was emotionally attached to these movements that served me like no, no real benefit. So yeah, I think you need to drop the ego when you come into the gym, but it takes a while. It takes like time. Cause you're gonna, when you get into the gym, you're gonna like certain movements. You're gonna wanna progress on them. Once you hit a certain point, if it doesn't match with what your goal is, you gotta drop the ego. So I think it's still a good idea. Like you're saying to like learn the movement. So he's saying like, just, don't worry about it. And I, and I couldn't agree more. I think that's amazing. Um, just let go of it. You know, seriously, like don't, don't hold on to these movements that aren't serving you. Don't hold on to things in your life that aren't serving you. Um, I know so many like really well-meaning people that are trying to get in good shape and they spend pretty much 
90% of their day doing pretty good. They eat pretty good, they train, they are uh, getting outside, getting sunlight, they do all these oh, yeah. things. But then 7 p.m., 8 p.m. rolls around, 9 p.m. rolls around, and they're kind of bored. They're watching some Netflix, and next thing you know, they're like eating ice cream or eating chips or yeah. whatever it might be. And I, and I think that these things that don't serve us, these things that are self-sabotaging us, sometimes there's something so obvious like pizza, and sometimes it's something not so obvious of like a squat. You would think that a squat, you're like, this is a good movement. I've heard it from everybody. It's a good movement. But if it's hurting you and you feel like you don't know how to do it correctly, you might just need to take a step back for a little while. And it's hard yeah. to do that because I remember when I was powerlifting, I used to tell guys all the time, like, man, my elbow really hurts. Yeah. yeah. And I'd say, well, you've been benching <clears throat> twice a week, every single week. That's like 100 some odd times in a year. And you're benching pretty heavy. Let's just, how about next week you just don't bench? And they're like, no, nah, I couldn't do that. Yeah. And I'm like, but if you took next week off of just benching, yeah. And you did other exercises that still could serve your bench press. I'm not saying you can't work your chest at all. Let's we'll do a workaround. If you take one week off, or maybe it might have to be two weeks, you'll be better, you'll be stronger, you'll be healed up, and when you come back, you're going to be able to have a capacity to be stronger than you've ever been before. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, you told me, like, two years ago that there's no, like, there's no rules to the gym, and then that changed my whole perspective on... Like, why am I staying attached to these movements that, you know, if I walk in the gym and I'm doing squats and I'm warming up and I feel zero quad activation and everything hurts, like, why would I keep doing it? Kind of what we talked about with Jake, like, just there is a, like, a, a benefit to, like, mentally pushing yourself through. You got to, you know, figure out, are you just being a pussy or are you really, like, does it really hurt? And, you know, if you're in that spot, then... I don't know. Mentally, I've pushed through a lot of things, but when I look back, I'm like, I wish, looking back, I didn't, at the time, I didn't think it was my ego, but looking back, I was like, that was definitely still my ego, and there was no reason to push that, because now I ran into a little tweak, but I do feel like after you told me that, I've avoided a lot of, there's a lot of times I probably could have injured myself if I kept pushing, but just being able to, like, step back and just completely cross that off and move on to the next movement I would say is going to help you avoid a lot of problems down the road for sure. I think a lot of people underestimate the powers of a meathead and the intelligence of a meathead and uh, you and I talked about it a little bit before but there's like a there's a real level of intelligence and a level of genius. You played baseball for a long time and there's some dudes in the outfield they can just predict where the ball's going to bounce. Yeah. Like they see the ball hit and it ricochets a very particular way, whether it's off the dirt or off the grass, uh, in, in accordance to when the grass was cut and all these different things. And a guy will just move his body a very certain way to not only capture the ball, but to be able to throw it as well. And, it, and there's a lot of genius inside the gym that we don't really recognize. Like to me, Jeremy Avila is a genius. Yeah. And somebody might think, oh, he's kind of a meathead, you know, he's... He's always laughing and always telling jokes, and they might not, they might not think he's smart. Yeah. Somebody might think that of him, but I think the exact opposite. Somebody that has that ability, for some reason in his brain and his uh, central nervous system, hopefully we can show some clips of Jeremy lifting in this video, because he's so explosive. It's like, how does someone recruit that amount of muscle fibers during a set? Yeah. And so the point in bringing some of this up is that it, it's diff a little different for everybody, but this is a skill set that you can develop over time on how to flex and contract 
anyone can become more explosive. Of course, there are special athletes that just have this explosiveness or this crazy punching power that you hear about, or maybe they can throw a 95 mile an hour fastball. And I'm not saying that anyone can throw a 95 mile an hour fastball, but anyone can go from throwing a 40 mile an hour fastball to throwing a 45 mile an hour fastball. Like anyone can improve and anyone can kind of figure out how to recruit more muscle fibers in a given movement when you practice it. Yeah, like the more I talk to people that have been at the top, super experienced with training in the gym, like you and Seema, Jeremy, we, I just talked to And Seema's another genius. Yeah. Like he's so, like the way that he's able to flex and move his body in particular ways, I've never even really seen him do that much uh, jujitsu, but I can only imagine. Yeah. Like the way he's able to move his freaking massive body around yeah. and move around like he's a lighter guy and he weighs 250 is unbelievable. Yeah, so like, yeah, just talking to all of you guys that have been there and done it, that that's what I'm learning. I'm like, there is no optimal way. I lo like, whatever, the full ROM thing, that's their thing, whatever. But like, the people I've talked to, there's just like, me and Wyatt spotted Jeremy the other day. He walked in, did like, worked up to one rep and left the gym. <laughs> he did six plates with chains on a box one squat and left eating sour patch kids and i just kind of like somebody would maybe think oh that's kind of silly but the more you talk to him the more he's like no i just i just do the main lift and then if i feel like doing the rest of the workout i will if not i'll come back later and do it and just like going off feel for him is the biggest thing i got so i'm like yeah, there yeah, really is no... He's not afraid to work out like three times in a day. He'll do yeah. the main movement. He'll yeah. go real heavy because he, he can kind of afford to because he's a trainer and a coach. So yeah. he's around the gym frequently. But that would be another thing. It's like, who's to say? Like, I guess we could like research it and like hook Jeremy up to machines <clears throat> and figure out like, oh, it'd be more optimal if he slept a little bit more. It'd be more optimal if he yeah. trained a little different. But the guy deadlifts nearly 900 pounds. Yeah. So I think he figured out something that really works well for him. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I just feel like the whole optimal thing, at least, the, like, you, all these people, you've kind of told me, like, there's really no, there's no best. Mm -hmm. It's, like, just where the shoe fits at the time, wear it, and then if it doesn't, don't bother trying to wedge it in there. Just keep moving on, picking up different types of things and applying them, and if they work, keep them. If they don't, don't try to make it optimal because it's probably just not, so... You do a lot of, like, when we're training together, we we do full range of motion stuff. Um, however, we'll also do, like, partial range. Like, sometimes you and I are, like, on, say, like, a leg extension. Or maybe we're on, like, a, a leg press. Yeah. And we're doing our reps, like, with what looks like a full range. And then all of a sudden, we'll, like, pause. And then we'll do, like, partials. Like, today we were doing back attack. And I noticed on the back attack, you did some where you stayed down low and you, you pumped some reps. But a lot of these things are just feel, right? Like a lot of these things are, yeah. if, you, if, you find, if you can find muscle tension somewhere, hang out there because that is something that does matter. Trying to figure out how to get, you know, they call it like mechanical tension. Trying to figure out how to get some mechanical tension on the muscle is a really important thing. And you do want to try to ride that out for a given workout, especially when it comes to hypertrophy, but we don't have to overcomplicate it. Like go and do something and then maybe you're doing like a lateral raise and you're, you're doing your sets and your reps and stuff and you find out that when you bring your hand here to here, there's not much mechanical tension. Like I don't feel that as much in my shoulder. So now instead of coming all the way down, I'm gonna pump some reps just in here and now all of a sudden the shoulder's on fire. Maybe I'll hold 
a rep here for five seconds and then continue out that set. That's kind of the stuff that we're looking for most of the time, right? Yeah, because I'm like, we, you, I've been doing like a hack squat and I do full full range of motion and then you tell me like, no, sit right here. And I'm sitting in like a half, it's like half the range of motion I was doing originally, but it feels better. So I'm like, who's to say, you know, like on paper, maybe coming all the way up, all the way down, recruits more whatever and you're going to grow better but it is like, more volume yeah, yeah it's more it's more work because you're moving the weight over a larger distance right yeah. but for me i if i feel it more in that range you're telling me to sit in i'm going to bang out as many reps as i can right there and i get just as good of a pump just mm. as good of a workout so i'm like with the full rom stuff a lot of it i, I think might be wrong but a lot of it is like not it's not partial it's like the set ends when it's not full range of motion but mm. i'm like Who's to say that those, you know, when we, we're doing incline dumbbell press, we do full range of motion for sure, like 12 reps. And then who's to say those little reps you're assisting me with that might be just here. Oh, yeah. So now we just do like yeah. these tiny reps. To it's me, like just move it whatever way you can. Yeah. To me, I'm, I'm getting something out of that. I, that's, that's not going to waste. That's not garbage. So I'm like, I don't know. The, the, there's always going to be, I don't know, different optimal ways of doing things. Paper might be whatever it might say something on paper but i do think that like even on the chemistry side like meatheads they don't get enough credit the meatheads know a lot of stuff and they a lot invented, of it works invented and created so many of these things yeah during our training session today we started out with uh you know what would be more considered like isolation work we did some single arm lap lat work um and then we did some like regular lap pull downs but then i was like i think we need like one set or, or some sort of work today where we go a little heavier. So we chose to do like a, like a T-bar row. And on the T-bar row, we overloaded. And you know, you could, it's like you get an opportunity now to like kind of use your lower back and the swing and the sway and the weights. And there's people that will even hate on that. Like sometimes you yeah. post something online and it's like, oh, here, you know, I'm curling 50 pound dumbbells and you're, you're using some like, you know, body English to get that weight all the way through. And people, again, they're, they're their mind is kind of shut off to the fact that all you're trying to look for is how to recruit a muscle fiber and to get some sort of mechanical tension. And then plus just to be like a savage, you know, yeah. and, and just to like work hard. But when you do a 50 or 60 pound dumbbell and you're putting a lot of effort into it, someone's like, well, that's not really focused on your bicep. It's like, well, what's wrong with that? Yeah. Maybe that's working my lower back. Maybe it's working my abs. Maybe it's working, uh, maybe I'm a fighter and I want to be able to throw uppercuts and hooks a little bit better. If I'm now incorporating my whole body into maneuvering these 50 or 60 pound dumbbells, I don't see how that's bad. I do understand the value of isolation, but it's like I can save isolation for a different movement or reduce the weight on that same exercise and work on isolation. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know. I think. I don't buy in, into any of the optimal stuff, any of that I've never been a fan of. Not to say it doesn't work, because I'm sure if Mr. Uh, Mike Isertel, Dr. Mike Isertel, came in and put us through a workout or something, I'm mm. sure I would die. Oh, I yeah, would die. Yeah. He but knows who's, how to annihilate Yeah, yeah. yeah, but who's to say his method, somebody that's the opposite of him, maybe like an old school bodybuilder, would come in here, put us through a the same workout with different with half reps, not going full rump, he'd kill us too. So I'm like... It's both going to be good workouts that we're going to grow from. So I don't think either is optimal. I used to train at Gold's Gym in Venice. And uh, there was one day where I had an opportunity to talk with uh, Charles Glass. And I went over and 
had a little conversation with him. He goes, oh, I'll show you, I'll show you how to do that. And so he showed me how to do like a sissy squat. Well, when he was done showing me how to do a sissy squat with no weight, just my own body weight, I was like, I'm never gonna talk to him ever again <laughs> because that hurt so bad. Yeah. He completely smoked me and it was with a really partial range of motion. It was like this is tiny movement. And of course I'm kidding, like I went to him for more like wisdom and more yeah. questions. Then I asked him another time, like on like this lat movement, I was like, how do I do this? It was the same thing. It wasn't lengthening the exercise. He wasn't like, oh, we're gonna take this, this row that you're doing and now you're gonna move your arm from here all the way back here. It was like, no, we're gonna actually just take your arm and get into position, lock your shoulder in, and now just force your, uh, force your shoulder and elbow towards the ground. Yeah. And he's like, hold and squeeze. And I was just like, rep one, I'm like, my whole body starts yeah. shaking and trembling. And so from those shorter range of motions, you can get some really great activity and you'd actually be surprised and shocked that it's, it's interesting the way the muscle insertions work. They don't always work the way that you think. And even though I'm doing a partial range of motion, it might be kind of a full range of motion of that particular muscle. And in that case, it would be like the lat. Yeah, I just, I don't buy into it. Optimal training, I don't know. I, I, I don't, define optimal. I don't understand it, never have. I think experience, time in the gym, figuring out what works for you is, is gonna be the most optimal for whatever it is you're doing, so. Yeah. yeah, I think a lot of times when people are trying to figure out ways of optimizing, uh, somebody like Kenny is kind of halfway around the block already with his ideas. He might be getting ahead while you're sitting there trying to write down the most optimal thing. And another thing on that topic is once you work on something that you feel is optimal, by the time you put it into practice um, and the, by the time you're actually doing it, the most optimal thing is usually the thing you're currently not doing. So it's kind of some real fuckery when it comes to lifting, is that like if you are too, you're like, oh man, I could use a little strength because I'm not as strong as I used to be. So you set yourself up in a strength training block. You do a strength training block for six weeks, 12 weeks, something like that. Then what happens? Then you go up a flight of stairs and you're like, I can't breathe. So. The, the optimal thing, even when you're working on the optimal thing and trying to nail it down the most and the best, there's too many other capacities, there's too many other things to work on for you to ever even figure out what's ultimately optimal. So it has to you know, kind of uh, go exactly towards your goals and things like that. So I, I'm in agreement. Let us know in the comments. Some of you probably disagree and that's okay. We would love to hear from you, hear what you guys uh, think about some of this. Take us on out of here, Kenny. All right, anabolic activities on YouTube. Traps are looking pretty big, bro. Anabolic activities oh, on it's just Instagram. Oh, sweatshirt, I think. And it's a thermal I got from the liquor store, 5X. Uh, anabolic activities on all You have that kind of money? Socials. How much that thing cost? A good old-fashioned six buckaroonies. Six bucks. Dude, you can't be throwing around money like that. I know, I know. But go to your local liquor store. You, you Go watch the video. You, it'll explain. Anabolic activities, YouTube, Instagram, Kenny Williams on... Instagram, Mark Smelly Bell on Instagram. Hey. Yeah, that's it. Stay optimal.
make sure to go check out the last video of anabolic activities on YouTube. We talked about how to implement and stay athletic while getting jacked. Make sure to drop a comment, like the video, let us know what you guys think. We appreciate all the support. Um, I'm in the comments as well, trying to reply to people. Video will be right here. Right there, right here. Video is gonna be right here, right there, right here, right here, right there. Click the video. Just click the video, please. Let us know what you think. Yeah, let us know.